This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. You know, maintenance services is the new frontier for the automotive industry. How do you shift your customer's perspective from reactive repairs to proactive repairs? Now, is your parking lot full of problem vehicles? Can we do a better job of helping the customer get long life from their cars? From the Aftermarket Radio Network, it's Carm Capriato. Hey, my panel examines the importance of maintenance intervals and the value of informing and educating your customers. Thanks to our partner, Shopware, for providing you this episode. You know, stop waiting around for your money. Get paid with the flick of a finger, the same finger that approves repairs on a smartphone seconds after you send an estimate. Shopware works with the smartest companies to make your life easier. Talk to my friends at GetShopware.com. Got a great panel with me. Let me introduce them to you. Jim Fleshman, Automotive Valley Arcade, New York, with has the shop with wife Shelly. Hey, Jim. Thanks, Carm. Appreciate it. This will be fun. Kim Auerenheimer, CS Automotive, Brentwood, Tennessee, in business with husband Rob. Hi, Kim. Hello. Good to have you here, Kim. And Sean Gilfillan, Automotive Magic, New Jersey, multi-shop owner. And uh, how exciting. He's opening his second location Monday and was so kind of you to come on and help us. They've all been great contributors to the podcast. Did you ever have this really cool moment uh, inside the family uh, that you just want to cherish forever. Well, there's this new movie coming out, everyone, because you know you, you know DC Comics, right? And all the superheroes in DC Comics. Well, they have this really neat new movie coming out, and it's all about super pets. I'm not sure if anybody knows it, but the movie is out playing right now, right? And of course, this box is from. Fisher Price, which is owned by Mattel, and I need to share something really cool and exciting. On the back of it is my grandson. Oh, awesome. how That's cute. pretty cool, <laughs> Isn't that cool? I want to see that movie, but now I want the toy, too. <laughs> <laughs> we have this uh, in a hermetically sealed plastic container, and I, I, wanted, I took it outside. I wanted to show the rest of the world. We are, of course, so proud of Donovan. He has been at Fisher Price often having pictures taken. They've done a video with him that they put out too. So always a proud grandpa moment here. Jim is uh, involved in an independent group here in, in Buffalo. And uh, there's they meet, uh, I don't know, yesterday, Jim, maybe there were 30 there. And uh, it has continued to grow. This whole networking thing is critical and it's important for everyone. I couldn't be more proud to hang out with this group and, and be a member of it. It was last month where, you know, Jim brought a talking point And his talking point was this graphic that I'd like to bring up. If you can't see it on your phone, try to zoom in. Or if you're watching on YouTube, then I, you probably see it pretty good if you go full screen. And he brought this up as the recommendations he has for his customers. And listen, there's a lot of variables there, but we want to talk about this as that, you know, and Jim, I think in your particular case, and you were saying, we may not have the standards that exist inside the industry, but even if it's a standard within your own independent business, because you run it the way you want it and you know what your environment is, you could be high altitude snow and all this stuff. And these are your recommendations. I think what we're going to talk about here is it's not only about environment, it's all about severe driving duties and, and what people use their vehicles for that necessarily may not work here. But to have our customers see this as a guideline, 
and it's, if you will, the foundation of how you're managing maintenance for them is a critical thing. So thank you for coming on and, and doing this with us. That all came about because we've had uh, many conversations with our team and we're looking for consistency. We're also trying to make sure we're being upfront with, with the customers of, of what they need. I know that list is, it seems one-sided, like you're either going to do the miles or the time. We sat down and we researched all different manufacturers, all different manufacturers, all different mileage intervals, severe duty, light duty. I know, Sean, you're in New Jersey. Kim, you're in Tennessee. You guys are in a different environment than what we are. So what we would call a caliper service, you guys may never, ever see, do, or even think of selling a caliper service. And our caliper services are needed because of the environment. So here we're up in Buffalo, New York, and we have rust and salt and calcium and and all of these things that are added. So we came up with this, I called it the industry standard maintenance interval. And we put these on everyone's toolbox in the shop. Amanda has them at the front end and we set all of our standards off of this. So this is made up of a, a severe duty schedule because of our roads. The roads are a little bit more decayed in the North country than in the Southern tier. So <laughs> I think Carm would agree with that. Yeah, I, I sure do. And that goes back to the environment. I guess, Jim, what I'd like to know is when you take out this piece of paper, or if not, your service advisors are using it as their guide, what are your customers telling you or saying? I don't know if I have a good answer from the customer's aspect, but as far as the technicians, we're using DVI, so every single vehicle's getting inspected, and the recommended maintenance is on the DVI, and the way the technicians put it in there is it's a mileage or date recommendation, not that it's a, this is going to leave you stranded. So we have safety concerns that we see on a daily basis with all sorts of different cars. And then if there's a maintenance concern, it typically would show up in yellow and we would be making a recommendation from that. Okay. So it's the foundation for the digital vehicle inspection. And then it is ultimately sold to the customer that it's it's a maintenance standard that we use inside the business. The recommended intervals that we have here are right from the manufacturer. So it's not something that we had made up. Anybody could go on the internet and do some research, pull up your service manual and find something that aligns with one of these or all of these components. Kim, when I asked you to be on the show, you said, ooh, this is kind of right up what some of the things that we were doing. Tell us about where you're headed. We have for many years um, been an advocate of keeping the customers informed of the intervals when their last um, services were done and when they're due again. When I was reshopping our point of sale software, that was one of the main reasons we chose the new software that we did is that we can enter the last known service and then set up the intervals based right. on that particular customer. We do have the maintenance intervals and they're, they they change a little bit depending on the customer, the driving style, so many different things. But we set up the intervals based on that particular customer and their history. But I do, but we are very, very strong advocates of the maintenance intervals. And our intervals differ slightly. Actually, I was surprised how ever so slightly they differ from Jim's. But like he said, we're in a different area, you know, um, more humidity, et cetera. Yeah. But this we is, we are a maintenance shop. We're not a repair shop. <laughs> We have two entities in our in our business, and 
one is street rod, hot rod performance stuff. And that, that is a total different animal in itself. They may have 500 miles on a car in a year. They don't meet any of these expectations. So it's a different outlook when you look at this maintenance interval suggested sheet. And this is typically done in our front shop, which is all the maintenance and repair and all the late model cars are running off of this industry standard. That was one thing is, is these intervals that we always use, compare them to our own um, vehicles. So I have a car that I've had for two and a half years now, and I just hit 10,000 miles. And I always share with people that, you know, I've had the car two and a half years and I've had five oil changes in 10,000 miles. So, you know, it's not, you know, we don't, not just looking at mileage, but we're looking at the time. And, you know, the, for most people, the vehicles are the second most expensive investment. If they don't own a home, it's their first. And so it's our responsibility to educate our clients on the best action. All we can do is educate them and then they have to make the decision, but we got to give them some guidelines because they may not know. Correct. We're the professionals and this is who they're walking up to, to ask, what should I do? What do you want me to do? Um, Mm -hmm. What's the right thing to do? We're making the suggestions. We're trying to educate them. They're taking that uh, educational moment and they're either investing in their car or uh, making a different decision where they're going to, what they're going to do in the future. Hey, aren't you tired of being tired after a crazy day at the shop? Take the frustration out of your work by speeding up the processes that bog you down. Start a repair order based on a can job. Check. Order parts from a menu that includes every supplier within seconds. Check. Now send all that information with photos or videos to a customer via a live chat on their phone. What? No, I'm not kidding. Check that box. Get an approval faster than ever so you don't tie up a bay for hours. Check. Hey, it gets even better. Once they see the summary of work they need, next time they ask you to fix one or two more items today. Boom, that bill goes up and you make more. Then, get this, they pay you on their phone before they even pick up their car. This could be your life, my friend. Talk to my friends at GetShopware.com. You know, I can't help but think, post-COVID, Now we're coming into a new era of high interest rates. Who knows when cars are going to be affordable again? And I I understand that if we go into a a level of deflation and things go back to what I don't know, you would call semi-normal, but it's going to cost a little bit more to buy a car. And as far as interest, if, if you're going to take a loan out, there's so many things going on with the cost of our money. And just listen to, uh, Hunt Emerson on the Aftermarket Radio Network and just listen to the last eight or nine episodes. Sean, come on in on, on this conversation with us. It seems to me that the sell of the maintenance has got to be easier to have people understand that we can get so many miles out of this vehicle. Why, Unless you want that really fancy new screen in the center of the stack, if you're looking for quality, self-assured transportation, this is the place that's going to get it for you? 
educating the customers, I think, is really one of the keys behind uh, having this be a successful program. Uh, it's one of the reasons that we are opening up our second location is really strictly for maintenance uh, and basic service, tires, brakes, uh, you know, suspension, and uh, really the factory schedule maintenance uh, intervals. And we've been educating our customers for quite a few years now to uh, think in that 5,000 mile increment, right? And keep the cars on track. So every time you're hitting a, either a five or a 10,000 mile interval with your car, you kind of Oh, I got to get my car in. And it kind of almost becomes a programmed uh, schedule. Right. You know, don't wait till 6,000 miles. Then you're going to be at like 31,000. And it really kind of <laughs> simplifies it the way that we communicate it out. We had a guy that uh, had a newer Chevy uh, pickup truck and he tows a camper with it. And we mm-hmm. had a you know, very good customer ours for years. And uh, the dealer had sold him a bunch of oil changes and services for the first 30,000 miles, let's say, of the vehicle. I could go down a different topic with that. But the point of this one was, um, you know, he brought his truck in just to, to kind of look it over before he went on his trip. We always look at it before he, he takes his trailer out. And he said, well, let's just, let's just take a sample out of the rear differential. I think it had like mm-hmm. 20, maybe 12, 13,000 miles on it. And we couldn't believe the amount of uh, particles that had already worn off during a break-in period in that differential. And, uh, you know, not even for us to notice, it's usually something you do maybe 30 or 60,000 miles, but after right. 12 or 13,000 miles of towing, this thing was full of, you know, metal particles. And that's what really, uh, if you're not keeping up with your fluids is what's doing the damage inside. It's like little pieces of sandpaper rolling around inside, whether it be the engine, the differential, the transmission, and, uh, being able to share that story alone has really had people start to think with this market, the way it is, let's make this car last. What's the best way to do it? So we kind of started to line up those 5,000, you know, 10,000, we'll rotate the tires, you know, 15,000, your air filters are going to be included in the next service, 20,000, we're going to rotate your tires again. By the time we get to 30, you're at your 30K service, and uh, we can start to look at some of these fluids depending on what the vehicle's used for too. Not to mention the expense when that rear diff locks up oh, and yeah. the expense and the and the, um, the trouble they have to go through to get it to us. <laughs> yeah, right. Think about this. Jim was with me 17 weeks ago on a town hall academy, and the topic was, are you offering only synthetic oil services? Well, as any town hall academy episode would go in 20 different directions, we, of course, ended up in this discussion of maintenance service. And just to all of your points, at this many miles, this is what we're doing. It's not like you're, you're not coming in here for an oil change. You're coming in here for maintenance service. And, Sean, I'm sure that's what you're launching the new store on, that whole premise. Yeah, and it's been a difficult, uh, you know, somebody comes in going on a trip. Our shop, we get into a lot of uh, deep-level diagnostics. we got a couple really good uh, electrical guys there to usually figure out problems for other shops. And uh, those uh, ones that never get fixed right the first time, you know, we're pulling engines apart. We're doing the, the big muscle work over there and to pull one of those guys off to do a, you know, an oil change or something like that. So uh, really looking at what was going to be effective, opening a second shop, and we're going to be able to grow our own uh, employees there as well, bring the guys up, you know, in the beginning and then transition them into being a full-blown uh, automotive technician where uh, we got the training. We had the team out at uh, Division 2022 event. That was awesome. I saw quite a few of you guys out there and, yeah. um, just bringing the team together and having it grow on its own is really what's been exciting for me as the owner to look back. Holy cow, this is, you know, from starting out by myself in 2003 to where we are today, uh, almost coming up on that 20 year mark, servicing the customer, 
and really discover what they need, expect, and want from their car, what they need, expect, and want from us as their service uh, facility has been what's had us continue to grow. Servicing the customers, doing the right thing, and helping people make their investments last, I think is uh, really the bottom line or the foundation of what we're talking about here. In a recent podcast from Chris Cotton, who's also on the Aftermarket Radio Network, he did a show on production apprentices. Now, I want you to write that word down, everyone, because we've recently discussed it on the show before. Instead of a general service person, why not bring that person in as a production apprentice? And, and literally, it's just not, okay, we're going we're gonna to put them on tires. Oh, there's a safety issue there, right? Let's put them on oil changes. Oh, let's buy an engine. If you change the title to production apprentice, that means this individual is there to help everyone in the in a, in a greater level of production of the shop and to learn much more than just being a general service person. Anyway, I just had to throw that out. We're actually looking for our first GS, and so that may have to be implemented right away. <laughs> Why not? Because that first GS is probably a newbie. And or someone who really, oh, I'd love to be in automotive. Well, don't lose them. Bring a career path. And what we did with this list mm-hmm. is putting together this is just for that reason. I mean, you could take a GS, Kim, and, and this person could go look at that mileage and look at that year and go, where does this align just to be consistent with everybody else? I mean, obviously, you guys would have whatever fits your area, uh, but that was the big selling point for us is trying to compile all this data. And this, we talked about in our meetings, we came up with these numbers, then we took these numbers and then we went against the manufacturer recommendations. And that's how this was born. And everybody believes in those numbers. Everybody in a team believes that that is the industry standard up here. And based on what we all did research on, so... When Carm said, hey, do you want to do this podcast? I was like, yes, because this has become the foundation of our business is, um, again, I talked about when we were shopping for new software and, you know, I talked to the top four and the, the only one that gave us the opportunity to set that schedule up with the cluster, the client, the first visit. So the very first visit, we set the plan. And we set the scope on what their intervals are going to be for them, that vehicle, and their driving. And they look at that at every time now. And we send that out to the tech, the techs before they get the vehicle. So they can look at it and say, this is when the last, you know, service was done. And we actually check Carfax to make sure that they're not cheating on us and going somewhere right. else. Right. Um, <laughs> but we're updating and we can go in there and manually update the last services. And that is the Bible for that car as far as maintenance goes. And the service advisors see it, tech see it, it's, and the customers see it. And it's what that's done. I feel like it's created transparency and trust and a relationship with our customer that we know their car. And, we know their car better than they know their car. And there's been many discussions that's happened on our end when we present to a customer what we see. They've never been here before. Clients never been here before. And we present our findings and they say, well, I already had that done. Well, from the data that we have, we use Carfax. We use our external history, which would be Carfax. We use our internal history, which they were never here before. They're not one of our clients. And at that point, we just let them know that, hey, if you're having your vehicle serviced at a center that is mm-hmm. a reputable place and they have a management system that's tied into the Carfax network, this is how it helps everybody. Then you won't have people making suggestions of stuff that you just had done. But 
they understand if it's explained right. If somebody just said, hey, here's all the recommendations, now they walk away thinking you're trying to steal from them because you didn't take the time to explain why it's on there. And we'll make recommendations based on no record of service. So we'll have that the rear diff, I mean, that's sometimes the engine air filters are harder to check. So we'll say engine air filter or cabin air filter that's buried. We, you know, difficult to check, no record of service. So give us record of service and we'll update that mileage and the the date. And then we're on a clean slate. So it does build the, you know, we're not saying it needs to be done. We're saying we don't know if it needs to be done. If you can provide us information, fantastic. And then we can update our system. I kind of want to start this segment out about number one, do you have any special equipment that's involved in the maintenance? And also... Jim, uh, Sean, Kim, you mentioned client, and we have been recently taking that to another level on the show. (laughs) You know, you have consumer, customer, client, and advocate, okay? And the advocate would be, of course, your songbird. Can you move a client to an advocate by them saying, listen, you got all my business, you're going to take care of my maintenance, give me the miles that I need, gas mileage, it's just, I'm not going anywhere else. You think this is a strategy to help make that happen? I think that's definitely a great strategy. I think uh, the biggest thing behind that with all the uh, the DVIs nowadays and the ability to document and take photos of what you're discovering in the befores and the afters of the fluid services. I mean, not for nothing, whether they're going to be at a kid's soccer game or a track and field event or even out at the bar at night and uh, showing off that you know, digital inspection they got to their cell phone. And uh, we've had people come in like, hey, we want one of those digital inspection things you do. It's like, oh, cool. You know, how'd you hear about that? We've now started to really include that in our whole process. It's like, let people know we're here. we show them, uh, you know, what we got here. We're trying to educate the public on making their cars uh, last and uh, keep their investment in their pocket. I love what you just said about discovered because I have a pet peeve of technicians finding work. When they talk to a customer saying, hey, we found this. And the reason, and this is probably just me, but when you find something, you're looking for it. And when you discover something, it's unexpectedly, you just happen upon it. So I just, little rabbit trail there. I love that word discover. Thank you for that. Sure. We we tend to use that uh, one often. So are we now. Go for it. That's a great point. We'll say like noted or something like that, but found is you're, you're looking for your glasses. So you find them, you know, you're looking for them. So, you know, the, uh, the Carfax, and then you, when he has mentioned it, uh, really looking at that and, um, you can see and printing that out for the customer and sharing it with them. And uh, when they see that that's there, that's even out there. Yeah. They see that there and and they're less likely to, uh, number one, say, Oh, I had that done someplace else when you can really like to point out, well, obviously if it's at a reputable place by nowadays, they should be really reporting that and it keeps the value of your car up. Right. Which which is uh, like that whole, uh, you know, the lease program, you're leasing a car, they require you to come back for service so that they can resell that car at a higher value now, right? I would sit with my team and say, look, we got the Carfax. They went to the guy down the road. Okay, they're no longer a client. They're a customer. What are we going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah, you got to buy them back because maybe they didn't want to. And right now, you know, we've had a lot of illness and a lot of planned vacations this month. And we're scheduling two and three weeks out, which I hate. So sometimes they just have to go somewhere else. So it's nice to know how somebody else took care of them, but you got to bring them back into the fold. For a true blue advocate, would you always find the time somehow, Kim? It depends. I'm kind of looking at their history. I think most people understand. I think a true blue advocate understands that 
if you can get it done for them, you can get it done for them. If you can't, you're going to do everything you can do. And they're not going to put you in a bad position. I think a true advocate really cares about you guys, the shop, the facilities, the people in there. From maintenance. But if it was a, hey, car down, vacations tomorrow, you're doing anything you can, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But we can lessen that as long as we're maintaining their vehicles. As long as the people knew ahead of time and we have seen these vehicles, then now they're proactive, not reactive. You don't want them in a reactive state. You want them in that proactive state. I was referring to those that, you know, that have an emergency trip out of town and have to go get the oil service. When they place that phone call and we can't see them because we're that booked, we're going to guide them to the right place, to the right place to get it done. And then when they do come back, we know that they have the right fluid and the right filters and their engine wasn't slimed. That's really important is to, and I'm not talking about just for repairs by no means. We make that a priority. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this industry standard maintenance interval from Jim Flushman as a download in the show notes for this episode. Let's talk about being able to sell some of the services with some of the machinery that would be added for maintenance. Is it easily acceptable, Jim? We have a lot of people that accept that they have to maintain their vehicle because replacing is not an option. One, we can't get the vehicles that we want. And two, the cost is, we all know what's happened with the cost. So people accept that, that it's got to be done. They'll they'll schedule it out or we'll schedule that out and they'll give us a call back, say, hey, I'm ready for my oil change. We're going to take care of these other services and get my maintenance caught up. And they're calling us or we're sending a reminder to them or giving them a call and setting that up. So if you're going to sell a, if you will, a fuel injector cleaning that's could be a, a high ticket item for that particular interval. And you're using specialized chemicals and equipment for that, right? Right. And some of this stuff that they may not have the time to leave the vehicle with us to take care of these maintenance items. So obviously scheduling is important, making sure we have the right time set aside so that they get the vehicle back as soon as they can. Is the price predetermined based on, hey, listen, the car's coming in for 80,000 miles this is what should be done and it's going to cost $232. I mean, is that discussed on the front side? We don't have it set up that way. We do them individually, but I know in our management system, we can set that up in service A, Bs, and Cs, very similar to the Mercedes-Benz, the, the European world does the A, B, C, D service, but we don't, we don't have that set up in that manner. E, F, G, H, I, J, K. What if it's a car with a lot of miles? You start over. And that's not unheard of. We see a lot of cars with 100, 200,000 miles. You know, it's not unheard of up here. I mean, people are hanging on to their stuff longer than they've ever had before. So we see it. Kim, you sent me some great talking points about the benefits for the customer. And trust me, I believe there are people out there listening to this and saying, we're a heavy repair shop. Can I fit some of this in? And if I can, I've got to change the entire sell process at my front counter because we're just used to saying, yes, 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 bring it in. Bring me all your tired and broken children and I will make them better. And this is a whole completely different philosophy. You get Great points. Let's talk about that. I think we touched on it a bit. You know, our responsibility to our clients to make sure that we inform them the importance. But in more, I mean, there's there's so many reasons. And I, I think I noted down six, you know, obviously increased safety, getting your family from point A to Z without interruption, um, safely and without incon- inconvenience, you know, keeping the cars performing its best. Um, we often have people come in 
that, you know, I just don't have the best gas mileage anymore. And everybody's paying attention to that these days with the cost of the gas, you know, so doing those fuel injection services and all those things that we need to do is going to help, you know, tune ups and it's going to help keep their car performing at its best. Obviously we touched on saving you money in the long run, that differential service that got serviced. That's a very expensive repair um, on a lot of vehicles. That's one that you never want to hear that the rear tire is just locked up. You're like, Ugh. you know, we talked about lowers the co- lower the cost of fuel, saves time. That's a big one for me is every, our clients are so time sensitive that they just, you know, sometimes it's easier just to get it done because it's due, you know, not when they're inconvenienced or when they have time to leave the vehicle for the day to take care of all the services. And then again, we talked about the increased um, vehicle value. You know, especially in this economy, if you got to get every penny out of what you can, if you're able to sell your, you'll be able to sell your vehicle. You may not be able to buy a new one, but you'll be able to sell a vehicle. So I think those are really important things. And it's our responsibility, not only as, as a shop, but as an industry to inform our clients. And I think, you know, the ASA and, you know, there are a lot of organizations out there that do a great job at this with Car Care Month and such, but we as an industry need to support that. I agree. Look, at I want to take those talking points of yours and I'll put them in the show notes. So if anyone who's listening wants to go there and you need your talking points for your service advisor as you ramp up to do more about maintenance, we seem to be throwing the words DVI out there for the last, in my mind, five years and more heavily without even defining that the words mean digital vehicle inspections. We just just goes. Well, Jim and I were at a meeting yesterday of independence, and Jim, I can't remember if it was you who said how many here do digital vehicle inspections out of the 30. And Jim, I only believe a third of the room raised their hand. Right. It's unfortunate because the value that pushes for the client to see what's going on and, and the trust that comes from it is unbelievable. It's very hard to come up with a the right amount of time for a DVI. I think one of the gentlemen in the meeting yesterday had said, well, you know, it should only be a half an hour. I go, I, on our end, it's a half an hour to an hour. It, the DVI takes as long as it takes. We don't say, hey, you're over your time. Pull the car out and stop looking. We look it over and we make those recommendations. Here's what we see or here's what we discovered. Right, Kim? Yeah. I like that. Oh, wow. Once you do that original or the first time inspection on a car and you have that really well documented, you look at that the next time the car comes, it's almost like pulling out your medical file. No, that's 100%. You compare the the leak and the oil change when you do the leak is uh, it hasn't gotten any worse since the last time. We can let it go a little bit longer. Wow, look at this. Mm -hmm. It's starting to really get wet underneath here. And you can, you know, do that before, after, and during comparison. It really, that really brings the value. I think tenfold for the customer to really see, wow, there is something that's going on here. This is getting worse. Uh, We're taking a video of a a loose tie rod end or something that progressively got worse. And it's like, we really need to do this this time. And uh, having that right there with your car, we always try to get, whether it be the license plate or, you know, part of the car or the bumper. So it's not just some video of a tie rod. We kind of do it from back here and then we, you know, move up to where we're looking at so that they can actually see it's their car too. Because uh, we've always had somebody yeah. in the past had said, oh, how do I know that's my car? And it's like, but what it well, is and where it is. Yeah, that's somebody's thought is that might not be my car. It's like, well, we make sure that thought doesn't even go there. Every shop in the industry needs to get on board with this because that is the transparency and that's going to build the trust, not only for the shop, but the industry. If we cannot be transparent, we're already one of the least trusted industries in the United States. And what are we doing not helping that? 
All right. DVI. Should it be discovery vehicle inspection? Oh. <laughs> Does digital have any relevance to the customer rather than Sean dropping the word discovery on us? We're going to do a vehicle inspection, a VI. We're going to do a vehicle inspection and discover what's going on with your car. I think it definitely opens up, uh, you know, the conversation at the counter with the customer. When you tell them you're going to look at stuff, sometimes that interpretation I don't want is, you looking at any, anything yeah, on my car. I don't want you to look at anything. It, right? All I want is you to do this. Well, then we're not your place. Have a nice day. We're not going to help you out. So it's unfortunate, but that's going to happen. DVI was the greatest name of what was invented back then doing a digital vehicle inspection. Again, maybe as we're marketing ourselves more into the maintenance area, we sell it and package it a little differently. Jim, any final words? One of the things that we brought up uh, that we didn't really talk on is the equipment. I mean, I know we we had a pretty heavy investment in tools to help aid in the process of this, either fluid services or things like that, or, or as Kim had mentioned, a, a fuel system service. There's tooling involved, so you know to do it right, could be costly, depending on where you get those tools. The other thing is the severity of the, the individual's driving. I mean, are they doing long miles in their commute? You know, what are they doing? Is it is it all city, lots of breaks? That's critically important to know. Sean, is there any final words from you, my friend? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing that uh, that we put the, uh, the, the focus on is having it be a custom plan for everybody, but tying it all back into that 5, 10, 15, 20. You know, like you said, if you're around city and you're stepping on your brakes more, they're going to wear out faster. If you're getting on the highway and you only step on the brakes when you get off the exit and go to your work, you know, your job, and you might do a hundred miles on the highway without stepping on the brakes. So uh, really just kind of custom tailoring it to what uh, what the customer needs and wants from from us and uh, their vehicle. When you are building the maintenance intervals for your customers, it's a great time to build that relationship. So it's twofold, not only knowing what's right for the cost of the vehicle, but also getting to know the client and understanding what their needs are, who they are, what they are. And then you're tackling so many things at one time is building that relationship. And we should be a relationship business. And this is part of it is knowing what their vehicle needs and when it needs it. So so Brett Beachler did an episode with me. It was 758. Uh, we titled it, Do You Have a 40% Close Rate for Pre-Scheduled Appointments? If the customer comes in to pick up their car, he's got a separate kiosk, him and them all alone, all by themselves, going it over. And if not, listen, come on in and sit into the lobby, sit in the nice leather chair. He sits across from them and he actually does a little math about how long the vehicle can last because Bill Connor wrote up the word ROI, return on investment. That is a wonderful discussion. Please listen to uh, Brett Beachler's 758, tie it into this episode and change how you approach selling maintenance. Hey, thank you all so much for being here. Jim Fleshman, Automotive Alley, Arcade, New York, in business with wife Shelly. Kim Arenheimer, CS Automotive, Brentwood, Tennessee, with husband Rob. And multi-shop operator Sean Gilfillan, Automotive Magic in uh, New Jersey. Uh, Every time I say those cities you're in, I screw them up, so I'm not. Everyone, have a a wonderful and a great weekend. Thanks so much for your support. Thanks, Carm. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Carm. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.